Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another podcast here. This one is a little bit different. It's actually recording from the Dubspot Partner Podcast that I do in work for HubSpot. And we've got Marky B, uh, Mark Baker on the line as well um, to co-host this one, um, who's actually pretty quiet along the way, but um, who's taking it all in. Um, we've got a guest all the way from Brisbane, Australia. He's actually an American guy who lives there. And he his name is Nathan Paris. Now, Nathan runs a very interesting business called On The Fuse. Um, and this business is a white labeling business. And we thought this would be interesting to share, to share with Shark Nation because it's a great way to think about businesses when you're coming up with them. So if you've got a business and you are doing one thing really well, say if you're a great sales and marketing company, you know, you've, you find the deals, you solve the problem for the customer, um, but you don't want to have uh, the headache of recruiting people for the execution piece of the business, uh, project managers, technical people, all that type of stuff. Um, what On The Fuse does is it takes away all those headaches and actually acts as companies back end for, uh, for HubSpot agencies in this case, but there's lots of uh, examples of these types of businesses around so we thought that it'd be really interesting as a kind of thought experiment to think about if you have a business and you're listening to this how can you outsource uh, the the execution to a third party in a way that allows you to to maximize your growth and also minimize your headaches so without further ado i'm going to kick it over to the guys in studio what's up guys welcome to another episode of the dub spot partner podcast i'm your host luke curry uh, out of my box room here i'm going back to work to the office for the very first time in 23 months tomorrow so i'm, all, I'm very excited about that and uh, we've got nathan paris on the line all the way in brisbane how's it going nathan awesome yeah great to be on here luke and mark excited and of course we've got mark baker our co-host our sometimes po- uh, uh, co-host on the podcast as well out there in dublin um so nathan the, the company, the reason why we wanted to get you on the podcast is we were trying to get uh, a really good kind of uh, variety of different partner types in the ecosystem to let people know what's out there. And um, you were kind enough to come on at an un- unreasonable hour in the morning to come and have a chat with us today. So the the company is on the, on the views. How would you describe that to somebody who maybe has never heard of you guys or who has maybe heard of you but doesn't know exactly what you guys do? Yeah, on the fuse, basically, we help... HubSpot partners that want to take on more work, but don't want the risk or cost um, of hiring. So we basically work with HubSpot partners. Um, They're in growth. They're trying to keep growing. But right now, especially in the ecosystem, um, having talent that's specific around HubSpot is getting hard to find. So they partner with us instead, and we provide a white label service that basically we give them an entire team, entire backend so that they focus on the sales, they focus on the strategy, and then we become their execution team. So we're, we call it, we're that silent partner for partners, cool. right? So we're, we're that, those people that don't exist, they're in the background, but, um, and then allowing them to build massively on top of us. I love this idea. It really speaks to me, right? Because I've worked with partners in HubSpot for the last few years. Um, there's, you know, whatever, 3,000, 4,000 uh, partners in the ecosystem and HubSpot globally, huge amount of, yes. uh, of partners out there. And when I speak to them, 
every every time I talk to them, when I, whether I was in partner acquisition where I'm trying to get uh, partners to come on and invest in HubSpot, or I'm uh, trying to manage uh, a book of partners to try to get the most out of the out of the relationship, it always comes up. We'd love to uh, we'd love to get this going properly, but you know. I've, I've, we've had advertising go if we've got recruiters looking for people um it's yeah. it, it's ultra competitive out there especially for spot which is still from a skill point of view it's still a little bit niche it's not like some of the other big players out there so um it does come up a lot and is that the type of people yeah. that you guys are talking to is that the main driver is it would you say yeah i think not only is it niched it, it there's a lot of poaching going on too. So you, you, the, the hard part isn't even finding it. So, cause a lot, a lot of the skill sets in HubSpot don't exist. So you end up hiring and then training, right? So the issue with that is, is one of the number one horror stories we have is they, they find someone typically in a different field, but that might fit it. They train them and about six month, months they leave. And this is the smaller agencies, especially because the bigger agencies will, will poach them, right? Or the person not even poach, like, well, sometimes it's outright poaching. And then sometimes it's that person gets skilled up and they realize, well, hold on, I can make more for another agency. So we're helping that. And then we're helping the bigger. I think that the cool thing I'm loving right now is it's a full gamut. We got partners that are your two or three people, right? And then we got partners that are your kind of five to 20. And then we got some of the big ones that are, you know, 50 plus and, Either way, we're simple, we're solving that problem of a bigger partner just doesn't want to keep um, trying to hire this base, like a specific skill set, yeah. because it's it makes more sense for them even margin wise to focus on maybe higher skill sets or strategy base. And then for the smaller partners, you know, we're we're their entire team, and they a lot of them actually have bigger agencies, and they don't want to do it again. That's what I'm finding too, which you know I get because we got a lot of people. So I understand why you don't want to manage that many people. Yeah. So right now, Nathan, man, I've, I've had 50 people. I will never do that again. We want three and then we just want your team. So it's like, we got the full gamut of, I even call some people solopreneurs. I got one that's really just a solopreneur and they're crushing it because the way they're going at it, very neat, neat, kind of almost niche focus and they're in their lane and then they just leverage us as the back end. So in terms of which ones we help, I think it's a full gamut. Of, of size from everything, you know, in, in the partner community, you got everything from gold to elite, you know, and then how, how they leverage us is usually typically a bit different, but it's still kind of saving that, uh, solving that same problem. It's, it's such a interesting way of, of going about it because it's kind of some people like, say, if you want to get into uh, marketing or sales consulting or, or something like that, a lot of those people, you know, the, the joy <laughs> for want of a better word or the you know the the value add for those guys is at the strategy level it is at the yep. you know the, the campaign level or coming up with the, the 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 kind of creative even um and it's the delivery that really kind of is the is the hard part and i was speaking yeah. to one of my yeah. friends who's a, a partner at hubspot um and they have they started about two years ago um and they're they're about eight people or so and uh it's the delivery the margin every time something happens the margin seems to just get smaller and smaller it has to be like they have to be really on point uh and they struggle as well trying to find people um in the uk um so it's something that i I can definitely see uh being a problem um where did where did this come from for you 
um, are, were you uh, like a traditional marketing partner kind of beforehand? And you you seen that you was the execution was where you really got, you shined, or what's the where did this Man, come from? <laughs> I want to pretend like this is a huge strategy that I, I really planned out well, and it, it came from. I think we started doing this about nine nine years ago, nine ten years ago, and we were we were very we were small end marketing automation um, systems consulting. Um, I came from a pretty techie background before that, and there was a um, bit of a there was a gap in in, in skill sets on being able to get these systems to talk to other systems and stuff like that. So I came in very techie. Um, I came in just helping out more development. And then we started a company from it. We realized, holy cow, there's, there's a lot here. And all of a sudden we had, you know, five to 10 people. And then we want less techie and we want more consulting. Okay. Cause we, cause it was, I was finding, I, a, I didn't want to be involved in the business anymore. So this is that normal business journey of, okay, I need to be doing sales. I cannot be doing this kind of stuff. And, and, and we just found, okay, that's, that's a better way to go. Anyway, all of a sudden we got about 15 people and a couple of agencies that I just knew, you know, you just, all partner communities, you just start knowing each other and you start feeling the same pains. Everyone's going through the same pain. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're at some, something, and you're all sharing the same thing. And, and a couple of them just say, Hey, you, you, you're starting a decent sized team. Um, do you think I could leverage you? Is there any way we could work together? So I don't have to do the execution and me thinking, Oh yeah, that'd be easy. Yeah. Why not? And so I say, and hey, we'll just do it white label. I just threw that out there. I said, hey, we'll just do it white label. That'll probably be more valuable for you. And that was the start of it. And that was probably about five years ago, but it wasn't with HubSpot yet. This is pre, this pre and HubSpot is, is other systems. Um, but it was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then we just honestly started running that for a year. I lost, we lost a lot of money, to be honest, because we didn't know what the hell we're doing. Like, it just sounds easy. Yeah, we'll be your back end. How do you charge it? How do you like all these things yeah. went through and we didn't put enough margin on our side. Um, and so be honest, that year was just horribly good, if that's the way to put it. Because we, we we probably lost a lot of money, but we also started figuring out, holy cow, there is a major need in that. And then about two years ago is when we said, no, we're going to niche down because I'm a big, big believer in niching, especially small, small business, you know, small you're one to 5 million, even five to 10 million. I just think you can just, just explode when you niche. So I said, we got a niche down and said, we're only doing HubSpot. And I told the team, I said, uh, Hey, by the way, we're, we're HubSpot experts. Now we're only going to HubSpot people. And I think half the team kind of knew HubSpot at the time. And I said, it's all right. Like we've learned all these other systems. We're just going to learn it. And then we're just all in from that point of view, uh, from that time. And then we just constantly from then on, and two or two or three years ago with COVID, I don't even know. Like, I feel like a year got lost somewhere in there, but it was either two years ago or three years ago. And I'm thinking three, we started doing it and we started building our team massive behind it. So the training, everything, then we started hiring ahead and, and now we're where we are now, where all we do is HubSpot. And then now before when we started, we weren't doing like websites of how CMS work. We were just doing um, automation, migrations, that kind of stuff. But then we started realizing, oh, there's just so much need in the CMS. And we started adding CMS. Then now we're adding, we're just building a massive integrations team for API and stuff like that. Because it's another one of those. And so usually driven by HubSpot. Because you look, HubSpot's just pumping in. And right now they're saying to all partners, you, we need you to have a little higher skill set. Yeah. Well, that's a serious cost to throw on some small partners and say, oh, hey, by the way, we need some node developers. 
Um, so just go find those yeah. as well as yeah. all Figure the other things. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, just, just go find those. And, you know, you know, so that's the journey until now. And so now we're, um, I you know we're, we're, this is a long question for or long answer for for your question. <laughs> no, uh, so I'll let you. I'll stop there. You 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 you, you, I think, you go with the question there. No, I think that's a, a, a nice Genesis sto- uh, story, um, and it maybe it would be nice to walk you through walk because a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this are your target market. I guess a lot of partners listen to mm. the show and stuff like that. Um, not just in Europe, but also in the in the states. Our cousins over there. Um, what's the what would be the process with uh with working with you guys um is do the the say if it's a three or four person uh partner of hubspot they are really great at selling their services they're they're selling uh you know consulting work whatever um do they go to you guys with like a full mock-up of what they want and you guys go you actually can't do that with hubspot or you can or they you know you kind of help them along that like that or is it very much like you get you get whatever you want even if it's you know you get what you want or do you guys kind of give a little consulting on that? As I well? love it. I What's love it. So what we say is, and I, this is part of that learning of this journey is what we say is we do not do any marketing strategy. So you do not come to us on, Hey, let's look at this funnel. How is it going to you know, optimize it? That, that's, 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 that's what our clients do. So that's what the partners do. Well, you come to us as execution strategy. So actually what I always say is, um, you don't have to worry about the how with us. You need to come with us with the why and the what. You know, why are we doing this? Like, give us context because we're, this is where we're white label. So we're white label. That means we don't talk to any clients, by the way. So we do not. We are not client facing anyway. We even refuse to, and that's usually a risk of them because in the beginning, clients would start trying to come to us um, direct. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I got a little gum. So we start. We said, okay, this is absolute. We we don't talk to clients. So. From there, then um, we're taking the the how we're, we're coming with. How does it need to be done? That's where our team will take it. So the why, the context, and then the what means what what do you want? What starts it, and what do you want to look like when it ends? And we'll kind of take take all that in between. And then with some of the especially newer partners or just partners that don't know some of the new stuff coming out. Cause that's another thing too, is HubSpot changes something every month or every week, like there's something new. So that's where we're providing some input or strategy is around the technologies. And we have definitely saved some bucks, like some people that were going to go propose something. And we were like, you cannot do that with HubSpot. Yeah. Like that is not good. So I remember one that it was going to be a major issue because it was a major contract. And luckily she came to the team first and said, Hey guys, as a project, can you look at this and make sure there's an answer? Sure enough, there was a couple of things like, this is not good. Like we were going to be in issues. And so, um, so they get that type of strategy, but definitely not the, the marketing strategy, but execution strategy and understanding how, how to do it. That's where we're at. And then some of our partners have been doing this since dawn of time with HubSpot. So they know what they're doing. Okay. Like they're experts as well. Right. So those ones, the good ones, still want our input in terms of relationship like that they actually still want to know and because i'll get to that too like i think the biggest thing with us is it's so relationship driven um who we're not good for is if you just want to not talk to anyone and throw it over a fence and 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 pretend it's going to come back all wrapped up for you and perfect and you didn't have a conversation like 
that is not at all our ideal client. Like you need to be willing to invest in talking. I have no robots. There's no robots in the company. They're all humans. Um, they're good humans. So that's one of the things I'll say usually even in a sales chat, like where I'm looking for good humans because when things go wrong, which some eventually if you work with as long as something's going to go wrong, there's no perfection here. You know, good humans need to have a conversation and figure out the best solution with it. 100%. It sounds like it sounds like a really good setup. But it sounds like also that it probably gets better with iteration, that kind of communication. So, you know, is it that is that what you guys are looking for? Kind of like a longer term oh, relationship where you guys yeah, thousand, know each other? thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. We don't even do uh, ad hoc projects. It's not it's just not a fit. We can't. In the beginning, we did. So this is the lessons and learning. In the beginning, we did um, that first month working together slower. Not that no teams have worked together. So if you have an expectation and so we're real clear that first month, like don't, don't start high risk projects with us that first month. Like we got to learn how to work together, just communication. I'm rarely worried about technology. It, it's all about <clears throat> can two companies talk can, and then it comes down to not comp- can two teams talk. And sometimes is it, can this strategist talk to our project manager? And you know, is, there's some weird sync going, going on there. I just had that chat like two days ago and I'm like, it just, there's something not, it just doesn't sound right. So we even said, you know, maybe let's, let's just try another person like on our team. Maybe it's just, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I think most 99% of everything that we're ever trying to solve in terms of ongoing is the relationship. Like how do we okay. communicate well and develop that? So in order to do that, it has to be a monthly thing. So we don't, we don't do any ad hoc. It's all monthly. And I think the people are coming to us they're going through growth. So that should, that's relieving the weight. They're not thinking about just the one project. Now I got to find another team. It's no, no, no. I have a team and actually now I can go sell more because the real thing people are coming to us is the opportunity, right? That they want to get a team that they work with, build the trust, and then they want to go for it. They want to sell more. They're not usually coming to us, say, I just have this one project and I'm done. Like, no, no, no. I see the opportunity. I do need, I got projects in pipeline, I needed to get those, but the idea is now I need to go for it. Now I need to sell more. And the opportunity to sell more is so huge right now. If you look at the trajectory of the company, like last year, it's 49% year over year growth. Yes. Absolutely insane for the size that it is. So we th- think we're going to get to the 5 billion in a few years. Yeah. There's not enough HubSpot operatives in out there for everyone to have in-house no. talent for that as just as a, a mathematical uh, yeah. equation, it doesn't it doesn't work out. So, over time, just I know that there'll be more people in the ecosystem that are that are working with HubSpot. But in the meantime, um, that's no uh, that's no comfort to people who need execution now. You know, so yeah. I think it's, uh, no. it's definitely sol- solving a, a need there. Um, so, just from a, a business point of view, I, I see that you guys are based in uh, Brisbane in Queensland, right? Um, and uh, Medellin and uh, or Medellin, Medellin. Yeah. Yeah, Medellin, yeah. So, <laughs> how does that work? I would say, yeah, I would say there's very little presence in Australia. So, I'm here. Um, we got two two other people here, and then it's all in Colombia. Okay. And we got three offices. We actually just opened three offices. So, we have uh, Medellin, Bogota, and Barranquilla. So, we actually have three offices there. Where, um, it's just exploding, right? Um, so how that works is I actually consider that headquarters now, I think on legals or whatever, like this is it, but 
that is it. Like that, that's where everything is at. So 99% of all work comes out of there. We still have one project manager that works with some um, Australia clients, but almost everything works 100% out of the Colombian offices. So I'm hoping to get back there. Before COVID, I was there a lot, obviously. And then in the next couple of months, I'll, I'll be getting back there finally. So like you said, you're finally in the office. Believe me, I'm dying to take a long flight and be back in the office myself. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, Columbia is such a, like I went to Columbia, well, it was probably four, actually more than that, five years ago since I was there. Um, and talk about a buzzing place. Like I thought it was just, it feels <laughs> like it's up and coming. Everywhere you go, people are yeah. uh, getting after it. And Med- Medellin is way, I don't know, like it, it's a beautiful place to hang around. It's a great place. There's great restaurants and stuff like that. So um, yeah. I'd encourage any of the listeners to go and have a, have a look and maybe visit you guys over there. But what was the, just out of interest and in this out of complete uh, curiosity, what what was the, the draw to, to Columbia? Was it just talent? Or was it, was it just. Again? Yeah, this is, there was no, there was no strategy. It was just kind of going for it. So w- during this transition, we just could not keep building Australia. It was, it's a crazy expensive to build in Australia, number one. But number two, market-wise, it's such a small market. Okay, so that was probably the, the biggest driver. It's such a small market. I mean, your biggest market is in the States, um, North America, and then going into the UK, and then going into Europe. So being in Australia is probably the worst time zone to be in. So one of the team members was Colombian, and in my previous life, I've worked with, you know, uh, remote teams around the world and South America has always been my favorite in terms of culture. Like they match really well with the company and our culture. Like it just, that, that's a big deal. Like that flow of how, how we work. So we needed some more people. And he was like, well, you know, one of my friends in, in Medellin, she's, um, she just left the marketing gig. So maybe she could work with us. And her name is Laura. And um, that was employee number one in Columbia, and she's still there. So she just had her, I think, her sixth or seventh year anniversary. Cool. And you know, now we got 70. So it went from you know, the one, and we got 70 and over, 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 over those years. And wow. you know, probably 50% of that growth, growth was last, last year. And that was when we really started expanding into the services like CMS and stuff like that. And that's we just had to. We had to just push it now um, in terms of, yeah. So it wasn't planned, but the, the, the enticing was obviously market time zones and everything like that. Um, and then talent for sure. Like South America in general, I think is just as brilliant talent, design, dev, um, all of it, engineering. Like it's, I think it's just a, a brilliant place for talent. That's awesome. I think that the, the people that listen to this, I think, if you're very ambitious and you're looking to make sure that you capture as much of the, the HubSpot growth that's going to happen in the next 24 months, like I think, uh, you know, reaching out to Nathan, see if you can set up a, a plan of attack and a plan of implementation. Um, I think that would be great. Um, uh, Nathan, thanks so much for joining us on the DubSpot Partner Podcast. I uh, wish you all the best of luck. We'll blast this out to our uh, database, both in the DubSpot Partner Podcast and also the Shark Pod here in Ireland. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being on. That was a lot of fun.